So essentially, all that happened was he sent an email. 45 minutes, and all he did was send a bloody email. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Welcome, one and all, to Big Damn Cast. I'm Big Damn Chris. I'm Big Damn Matthew. And we've got some nonsense of frivolity coming up in just a mo, because, quite frankly... Life is too short to not have a laugh. Yes. As we found out very harshly this week when a right bastard, for the wrong reasons, did something very horrible to the people of Manchester. Um, Ariana Grande concert on Monday night. Yeah. Not pleasant. A lot of people injured and a few people lost their lives. And my God, what a wonderful display of unity and togetherness has been seen since. Yeah. With everybody coming together to basically go, this isn't going to stop us, you bastards. Mm. Um, situation's still developing, and I uh, don't want to dwell on it, really, because this is a comedy podcast, yes. but I thought it was important for us to at least, you know... Um, as, as Manchester boys, we need yeah. to acknowledge it, and, you know, our thoughts are with everyone affected, and those who lost people, and those injured, and, yeah, it's a shitty thing, but, you know, we'll 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 pull together, mm. and we'll move on. Well, that's the thing, people are there to enjoy themselves, and someone took that away from them, but it doesn't mean stop enjoying yourself. It's a harsh feeling, a lot of people are still kind of... Low. When you stop enjoying yourselves, that's when they win. Yeah. So, keep having a laugh. Keep going to gigs at the Manchester Arena. Show them that you don't care what they think. Let's talk bollocks. Matthew Watson, what have we got on this week's menu? Give me a rundown of the menu so I might pick from the specials. We've got so much bollocks. We've got some. Ooh. We've got some trailer bollocks in the in the, in the form of, of new peaks at Spider Man Homecoming and the Game of the Thrones. Ah, the Maisie Williams is the Game of the Thrones. There is some Maisie Williams is the Game of the Thrones in this. She may or um, may not be involved. We have some uh, sad news for Zack Snyder, who, due to a family tra- tragedy, has stepped away from Justice League. But Joss Whedon has stepped up to finish it, which is such a weird thought. And we'll get into that. We'll also get into the fact that Tom Hardy is Sony's Venom. Question mark, question mark, exclamation point, pirate symbol, question mark. I saw Colossal, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about it. You it's play... not the nickname of, of someone's genitalia. No, just no, to clarify. I didn't look in the mirror. Um, <laughs> you, you played Injustice 2. I played it you, so hard. And you're going to tell us about it, and then we're going to talk about you and your filthy emails, you, you Dirty birds, you dirty birds! Dirty little sparrows! <laughs> uh, so, trailer drop. Uh, trailer we wa- drop. We watched them fresh. Both of these landed on the day of recording, which, yeah. as it stands, is the year of our Lord, 2017, the 24th of May. They landed on my face. Yes. Aesthetically, it's three trailers, because uh, let's, let's go Game of Thrones first, but then we'll get into the two Spidey treats. Let's game of Thrones. The Game of the Thrones. You know about the Game of the Thrones. I know all about... Th- I know that when you game the Game of the Thrones, you win or you die. Of the Thrones. Of the Thrones. Of the Game of the Thrones. Of the Game of the Thrones. So this is the um, seventh consecutive season. The seventh... Well, they didn't take a break, Chris. That's what I'm saying. There hasn't been... You mean... They've not sh- rebooted mean... the Game of the Thrones yet. You mean shows don't take a random year off because of national moments as a tradition? <laughs> what? Um, so, um, where were we up to at the end of the last series? Like, If you could sum it up in three sentences, where the hell was Westeros? Uh, Westeros alert for a year old season. Westeros is in the same place as Old Westeros. Westeros is in the same place as Old Westeros. What's got to know? Uh, what has happened is, uh, 
the murderous Targaryen has taken our armies and our dragons, is she... and she's sailing back to Westeros to retake her country. Okay. The, the Lannisters, the only remaining <laughs> Lannisters is all Cersei, is, uh, us, all the children are dead, so she's the Queen Regent, and she's preparing to fortify against all our enemies. And also, <laughs> up in North, Jon Snow has been proclaimed King of the North despite knowing nothing. <laughs> And uh, they're all going to have a big fight, and then there's going to be ice people. They're going to fight the ice people before everything gets covered in snow. That's by snow, by snow you mean actual snow, actual not, snow. not John Snow. Not John Snow. Whipping out a white blanket. Not everywhere. John Snow, not Fit Kit Harrington, his lovely hair. Kit Harrington, is he one of those performers who's really good in Game of Thrones, but hasn't really proved himself elsewhere? I've not seen him in anything else. Because it does seem to be a pattern with the younger actors whose careers have begun with Game of Thrones. That they're not being put in the right roles or they're just not gelling with roles they've done outside of it. Mm. And it's a weird pattern. Sorry mm. to bring this up now, it just hit me. Because we're joking about the Maisie Williams I'm going to the hit Game you if Thrones. you keep insulting Fit Kit Harrington's hair. <laughs> Fit Harrington. Fit Harrington. Alright, with, with his tiny little bum. Um oh. Cause Maisie, so dreamy. Because Maisie Williams, I've seen her in some Game of Thrones, thought she was pretty cool. Seen her in The Doctor of the Who, thought she was pretty shite. I mean, The Doctor of the Who was pretty shite at the time. BBC so. TV's Doctor Who. Yeah. 13 episodes in 2016. Um, <laughs> Sophie Turner. <laughs> Sophie Turner's pretty crap in other stuff. And again, like, I'm not doubting the abilities of the actors, because they were cast in the first place and they do some good work on Game of Thrones. But there seems to be this weird curse where the newbies who sort of come into, I... come into television in Game of Thrones primarily haven't really done anything that makes them look good elsewhere. I think it's less that they're bad and more that the stuff they've been casting is mostly pretty gash. Stunt casting, using... The, basically, it seems like they're being given the roles because they're a name now, rather than oh, yes, you would perfectly match this that's, part. That's not how the acting industry has no, always yeah. worked. But like but Amelia yeah, Clark, Amelia Clark was like the breakout star of the first oh, couple yeah, of years of Game of Thrones. She's else. not good in anything else. She's not good in anything I've seen people debating else. whether she's good in Game of Thrones. Uh, I like her in Game of Thrones. But she's terrible in Terminator Salvation. Uh, not Salvation, um, Genesize. Genesize. But I would argue that... Hello, welcome to Terminator Genesize. I would argue Ha-ha! that she might It was be... a freeze pan all along. You're terrible, stop it. Sorry, um, I I'll, would... go, I'll go back over go here away. and make a frozen go TV away. dinner. Goodbye. Eat my frozen TV dinner. <laughs> Goodbye. Stop. What killed the dinosaurs? Amelia! This, this joke! No. Oh shit, no, wait. No, no. Um, uh, I would argue that she was bad in Terminator Genesis because Terminator Genesis was bad. Fair enough. Although, J.K. Simmons was great in that movie. Although, oh. J.K. Simmons is great in every movie he's in. Yes, well that is very true. J.K. Simmons is in a total of maybe a minute and a half of La La Land and it's the best minute and a he's half of even, the film. He's even great as the yellow Eminem. And those adverts are terrible. He's especially great as the yellow Eminem. He's especially great as the yellow Eminem. Him and Billy, um, him and Billy West making that Eminem dollar oh. for like twenty years now. You got to do what you got to do, aren't you? What a weird thought. If J.K. Simmons wasn't in Hollywood movies, he still would be doing all right because of the Eminem commercials. Yeah, because he's, he's on an old deal, so we'll be getting like loads yeah. of residuals. And oh my god, he's all right. He's all all right. the Eminems he can snort. Listen, so Game of Thrones is happening. Season seven is coming. Hits in July, sixteenth, I think it was. My. God. I don't know, I'm experiencing a critical research failure now by not being asked to look it up. <laughs> um, uh, Very it's coming. It's coming in July. 
it's it looks like Winter. there's going to be lots of battles and dragons and people and armies. It's looking like it's going to be full of stuff that they finally got the budget for now that they've made all the money for HBO. Zombies and dragons and snow, oh my. Oh my. Is this the first series with a shorter episode count? Yeah, I think it's only seven episodes. And then next year's the same. Yeah, because the next year's going to be the last one. Yeah, they split one season across two. Because uh, yeah, they, basically, they can't get. They, they, I think they basically figured out that they can't get twenty more episodes. Yeah, out of what they've got left to tell. Yeah, but, that includes a bits of material they've not like tiny strings of material they've not adapted from uh, plots in the book, like subplots. They're in the books. way ahead of the books now. But I was gonna say the bulk of the story now is what George R. R. Martin has gone. Here's the gist of what I want to do with the story. Yeah, yeah. You do you. Because I'm actually never going to finish the yeah, you're. I'm just going to go sit here over here, eat donuts and watch baseball. <laughs> Don't blame him, to be fair. And uh, it's like, also it's like, just it's like, wear my train conductor's hat. I pretend to conduct trains. Choo-choo! With my braces. Your sorrow is my playground. Your tears are the fountain I frog you. <laughs> That's... He's never going to finish the books, guys. Polyjuma's best video. It's not going to happen. So just watch the show. Yes. Or watch it with the subtitles on, then technically read it. Yeah. Other trailers that came out, slapped us in the face with a great big fish. Bit of, bit of webbing. Uh, ooh, ooh. It was all the Sagata Sanshiro ads we watched. Satogun Sanshiro, Satogun Sanshiro, Sega-san Sanshiro. Now we all need to go out and buy oh. a Japanese Sega Saturn. Let's no, that wasn't what happened. We watched the new trailer... So now in between the two new trailers, which is trailer three and an international version of trailer three, on top of all the other stuff, we've seen the home we've seen Spider Man Homecoming ah. now, and I give it four stars out of five. <laughs> Could do with more Aunt May. The yeah. one thing we've not seen much of more in the trailers. Um, Lots more Aunt May. If you know what I mean. <laughs> no. Could you elaborate? Lots more of her. Could you could you elaborate? More of more. Could you, could of you keep her. I want to see more. We, we can't. They can't hear your her. hand gestures. Could you? I want to see more of her. Wake up in your chest. Could even you... if I see her head to toe on screen. Yes. I want to see more of her than that. You say you wish to climb inside Marissa Tomei like a Gundam and pilot her. No. Oh. No. Oh. I was trying to be smutty, but you just made it weird. Right. Let's talk about Spider-Man: Homecoming. Wait. No one else here gets turned on by sitting in someone's head like it was a cockpit, like you were that alien from Men in Black. Right. What are you? You want to walk up to Marissa to Marissa Tomei, what are you, caress two Ted buttons, Bundy? <laughs> caress two buttons beside her ear, and when her face opens, you'll sit in the little chair. Oh, so it's like Men in Black, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Or a Megazord. Okay, yeah. I'm Mer- Megazord Tomei. Megazord Tomei. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. Um. So. um First, let's talk about the American trailer. Uh, it's got a lot of people worried because the suit seems pretty high-tech in this trailer. They're showing off the tech of the suit an awful lot. Um, we know the suit's high-tech. We've seen Civil War. Yeah, it's a Stark thing, but I think they're referring to like the Siri thing, the 500 different combination of web shooter ability. Everything's got that nowadays. Hmm. Like that, Not with web shooters, obviously. I mean, yeah. my phone hasn't got web shooters, but it's got voice Should activation. Do. Yours doesn't have web shooters? No. Oh, mine can blow up. <laughs> um, Did you get in a 7? No. No. Oh. No, I just like using my iPhone in the bath. Uh, hey. The point is, um, that's a lie. I don't bath or bathe for that matter. I bathe in my natural oils. Um, I, I I sit there and and let the cat. I, I lie there long enough that my cats start to think I'm dead, so they lick me to clean me before they're going to eat me, and then I go, "Ha! Jokes on you!" And I get up, clean the meat. <laughs> Have you ever taken a nibble out of you by mistake? Just my pride. Oh. 
You've not got any of that left. What are we talking about? Eat um, the meat, treat the feet, let's, to the sweet milky seat. Talk um, about Spider-Man Homecoming. Let's do it. I think people are worried because they're like, part of Peter's charm is he's, he's very low-tech in that it's just a kid in pyjamas like doing this stuff. So I kind of see... The is re- he though? He is. Is he though? Because... He's a scientist. Go yes, back and read early right. Spider-Man. Okay. And he's built his own web shooters and he builds little spider traces. He's got the signal in his belt. belt. He's got a signal and he's like, I've got a little radio tuner. I can do things. Every fucking issue he's building a new gadget. That's Question. Is what? the spider signal the most stupid gadget in all of superhero comics absolutely not why not it's great it's awesome what does he use it for everything what? I've, been, I've been rereading the James. <laughs> sorry what he used it for everything he used it for illumination in dark places yeah, why would he need that he's a, it's he's a spider-man i was reading the j michael swazinski run recently <laughs> i've been rereading that and there's a moment in that where he uses it like he's trying to get to a, a, a copper so we can work with him on a case so he follows into his car and then just turns the spider signal on. Yeah. Um, in front of this copper and the and the copper's like, "Oh, that's that's a thing, I guess." Hello, Spider Man. Is that JMS going? No one's used this in years. Yes. I'm going to use it. Oh, and God. it's great. He uses it to intimidate criminal. I was. I remember there's a diagram from a really old like annual or whatever where they've got like you know. Yeah. Point I, I love those old sixties annuals. They describe that the spider the spider signal on his bell is which for those who can't picture it basically imagine the bat signal but it's coming out of Spider Man's crotch and it's in the shape of his face. Yeah, it's like the round circle Spider Man face. Yeah, like the logo sort it's of like with, if, with the if, eyes. If you peel this mask off with his face underneath it <laughs> and then and then formed it into a circle and then wore it. For you call me creepy. <laughs> Listen, we just had to go there. Where would be a Parker's face? Well, someone's got to. I want to take his face. Oh, I want to take it. Take that funky song. Um, <laughs> everybody. Oh, I can uh, watch Face Off right now. <laughs> I can watch Spider Man Three right now. More on that later. Um, oh no. So, so the word about the tech of the suit and everything just being a little bit too much. Um, but if you've ever seen a story like, that, we already know that the suit gets taken off him, and the finale of the film is likely in the makeshift suit. Guaranteed, like any story before it, with a similar theme of too much power in the hands of the naive and the young, by the end of the story, he'll earn back his suit as far as Stark's concerned. They'll be like, nah, I'm good. Take the software out. You know that's going to be the ending. It's going to be like, no, I, I'm Spider-Man, not the technology. I just need a nice suit. Yeah, and he'll be in a nice suit and he might have a parachute. <laughs> I built my own web shooters. I don't need yours. Yeah, you son of a bitch. And then he'll smack him. He might keep the spider signal though, because the spider signals are cool. Then he'll smack him, and his mates from Sony will drive up in a limo and go get in the back seat. And he'll be like, okay. Okay. <laughs> a bag of cash sat in there, and he'll flip uh, the bird to Robert Downey Jr. Um, um, so yeah, I mean, it looks pretty cool. Some like, new shots of the attack on the um, Staten Island Ferry. Uh, is it the Staten Island Ferry? It is indeed. Okay. We've got um, Zendaya as whatever role it is she actually has. As, I think as someone. someone says it's Liz Allen. Others have immediately assumed it was MJ because she was the love interest. Uh, she could be a brand new character. I think she was credited as Melissa during yeah, the production. Or something like that. Um, yeah, probably, it's a new, probably a new character. That's fine. That's totally fine. I mean, again, like, oh. Ned Leeds isn't even Ned Leeds. Ned, Ned Leeds, Leeds is, isn't the comics uh, Ned Leeds. He's like, he's, he's like Gank from Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. But right down to right down leads. to dropping a Lego Death Star on the floor. Yes. So other, yeah. than, other than the name, he shares nothing with Ned Leeds. Like Ned Leeds wasn't a high school friend of Peter Parker or anything. He wasn't even a good friend of Peter Parker. No, he got on with him a bit. He was at the bugle, wasn't he? He mm. got on with him a bit, and then he got bumped off during Sinita, I think. And then he became the Molten Man, right? No, that was um, someone else. That's oh, that was Mark. Someone. It's Liz Allen. Mark Allen. Liz Allen's cousin. Oh, okay. Um. 
nerds. So sorry, yeah. sorry. Right. I just um, really like Spider Man. <laughs> I just love Don't him. We all? I love him so much. I want to climb into his head and pilot. Also, him. Molten like Man, a big bad Beetleborg. Molten Man, Molten Man. If they did Molten Man in a movie now, and it was an MCU film, you'd, you'd go. I trust you guys to make this work. I'd watch him. I'd watch a Spider-Man movie with Molten Man. Stick Molten Man in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Surely Sony don't have the copyright on every Spider-Man villain. They probably do. When are they going to use... And that's... Ro- when are they going to use Rocket Racer? We'll get to that. <laughs> or Judas Traveller. We'll get to that. <laughs> we will. Um, but we will. first, let's talk about the international Ogman trailer. I love the international trailer. And I love it because... Well, where where should we start? It shows off more Vulture. It makes you realise that this version of Adrian Toomes is part of the Wrecking Crew. Not the Wrecking Crew, the, the Damage, Damage Control. control yeah. Wrecking Crew, oh, they better show up in a film at some point. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. part of Damage Control. These are the guys or one of the teams that clear up tech on behalf of S.H.I.E.L.D. and mm-hmm. put it away in storage. In the international trailer, you see them hacking... We see them taking apart bits of tech and everything that's lying around from the end of the Chitauri invasion. Yeah. So these guys are tied into item 47. Yeah. Like, they, they missed something. Um, and, and like he's practicing saying like, see, so you gotta like, you can only get like stab the metal is with their own stuff. It's like, oh my god, they're learning on the job about how to use the weapons. They, they can learn. There's bonus, um, John Favreau as bonus Happy Favreau. Hogan in there's, this trailer. There's, it, 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 I like it more because it shows off the humour. Yeah, it's a funnier a trailer. More. The other one, the American one's a punchy trailer, it's got the pop soundtrack and everything. Yeah. But the, but the international one is just funny. I mean, Spider-Man should be funny. Spider-Man's made a video Spider-Man's diary. He's made a video diary about Civil so War. Good. He recorded... So good. Which is nice now because they're sowing the seeds of him being a photographer. Like with him documenting everything he's been doing. Yeah, yeah. So that's quite nice. Um, but yeah, you see Civil War, you see the Civil War fight from different angles. There's a bit where he's talking to camera as Ant-Man grows. So he'll be... I've just realised where it is. He's talking to camera. He turns around and that's when he goes, holy shit! Yeah. Like, that's where it, oh my god! Yeah. That's what he's doing at that moment! They worked it in to make it look like that. That's brilliant. Um, that makes, oh god, makes that was awesome. happy, it? And the backflip's really fun at the beginning as well. Oh yeah, when just like casual acrobatic. Casual acrobatic. Because if you've got Tom Holland, you can, you can flip like a motherfucker in your film, then you just get him to flip like a motherfucker. Pretty much. Uh, what else have we got in that trailer? We've got a lot more Vulture. Um, Got some personal stakes. He attacked him in Queens, by the look of it. Yeah, that looks pretty cool. Yeah, uh, a lot more Stark. I just, I'm, I'm just, oh man, I want it. I'm, I'm, lo- I'm, lo- I want it I'm really life. looking forward to this movie. I want it in my life. I, I need it to be good. I'm, I'm holding back. I've got a feeling it could, it could fuck up. It could, could because Disney have made it for Sony, but Sony have still got their fingers in it. Sony will probably have final say on an edit. <sighs> I mean, you can tell. From, I think the second trailer was definitely it's a Sony trailer. Because it gave way too much away too soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a very Sony move. They want to show you everything to sort of make you go, oh, I'll go see it. Because of that bit, forgetting that part of the interest in the They just don't movie, believe in foreplay, do they? No. So, oh, God, no. They just want to skip straight to the, straight to the fucking... Mm. No, mm. Not, even, not even a little finger bang. Just like straight in there. The old Sony just finger bang. straight in there. Isn't the working title of the sequel? Spider-Man finger bang. Spider-Man finger bang. Spider-Man finger bang. They just, as to to paraphrase uh, Monty Python's The Meaning of Life, they just go straight to the clitoris. Stampaging <laughs> like a rampaging wildebeest. Yeah. Oh God. Well, speaking of uh, rampaging wildebeest, good luck, Tom Hardy. Rampaging wildebeest. Yeah, Luke. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Sony Studios. Yeah. Ami Arad trying to make a, <clears throat> a cinematic universe out of the Spider-Man characters that they've got. 
So Avi Arad has basically been he was he was the head of Toy Biz originally, wasn't he? Which then, says a lot. And then Toy Biz Twilight partly acquired Marvel in the early nineties as part um, of the deal. No, I don't think Toy Biz ever what was owned it? Marvel. But oh, they, no, but it was like a it was like a shares. They thing. were in partnership. Yeah. They, they they Marvel nearly went bankrupt in the early nineties and they pulled them out of it. Mm-hmm. And then Marvel went bankrupt nearly or did in the early two thousands. That's when they really screwed up, and that's when things like Spider Man and and the X Men films started to really help. Them yeah, that's when they started licensing the stuff out properly and actually getting movies made. Yeah, but uh, Toy Biz head Ari Arad eventually moves into production because he's producing like the commercials and the cartoons related to the toys they're going to sell. Because uh, you'll see his name in the credits, the X Men cartoon, the Spidey cartoon. You'll see name. Like you'll see his name in the credits of a lot of like early, early to mid two thousand superhero movies. Basically, he's a businessman who ran a toy company, not a creative part of the business, just the guy who ran the place, who has essentially wiggled his way up to being an executive producer for Hollywood movies, which anyone with enough money can do in Hollywood because that's yeah. how Hollywood works. That's how it works. Avi Arad was involved in a lot of the early two thousands to mid two thousands Marvel films. Uh, but when he started to get his creative claws dug in a bit more, it was noticeable, specifically in Spider-Man Three. And you know, just to just to elaborate on that, creative is an overstatement, claws is an understatement. Yeah. So they kind of balance each other out, pretty much. Uh, he forced Venom in Spider-Man Three. Sam Raimi was making a movie with Sandman, and I think at one point the Vulture was going to be in it, and or, or Lizard, one of those two, was going to be the secondary antagonist. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> Avi Arad went, you're doing Venom. And Sam Raimi went, no, I don't like Venom. I'm a child of the 60s. I'm doing my Spider-Man movies with the vibe based on the 60s. I don't want to do Venom. And Avi Arad went, if you don't do Venom, you're not doing the movie. And Sam Raimi went, oh, for God's sake, all right, fine. So he worked the black suit in. And it was turned out. the worst part of that movie. Because Avi Arad is Avi Arad, and Avi Arad is the worst. He is the worst. Um... It's terrible, but Avi Arad loves Venom because what was one of the most popular toys in the early 90s? Venom. Venom. Venom was huge. Venom he, was massive. He doesn't understand anything about Venom. He just knows that kids loved Venom in the 90s. Yeah. Kids don't love Venom anymore. No. Venom pops up in Spider-Man stuff nowadays in different guises. Sometimes as a bad guy, sometimes as Agent Venom. Like it, Sometimes he pops up in different as, a, things. as a conflicted hero. Yeah, but I would say that Miles Morales is a lot more popular with younger kids who watch the cartoons now than Venom is. Oh, yes! I would say that even freaking, um, what do you call it, like Spidey 2099 is probably more enjoyable for kids to play with I than I would Venom. say that kids are probably more interested in the Ultimate Spider-Man crew. Yeah, all the, the Spider-Man characters. And yeah. and, uh, White Tiger. White Tiger, yeah. And uh, Nova. Like, these characters yeah, are obviously... Like they're, they're a lot more popular to kids now. In terms of the villains, even... It's broader strokes, like they sort of don't give him an arch nemesis. He fights somewhat lots of different villains from throughout the Marvel Universe. He fights the Trapster. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> of course he does. Oh, I still wish the Trapster <clears throat> was called Pace Pop Pete. Me too. Because that's um, the best villain name ever. Just ever. If Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. wasn't so super serial, you guys, they would totally have done a Pace Pop Pete episode. <laughs> Fucking love Pace Pop Pete, man. So. Avi Arad basically loves Venom because Venom sells toys and movie tickets, apparently. Now, people... He doesn't know, does it? Well, there was excitement for Venom, for Spider-Man 3, from a lot of kids of the 80s and 90s. Because they were like, oh shit, Venom is in a movie. He was my favourite when I was a kid. And then they saw the movie and went, oh, well, they fucked that up, didn't they? They screwed it up. They ruined it completely. Venom takes a back seat in the comics for a few years to sort of make up for it. Yeah, and then they give, them to Matt, they give the symbiote to Matt Gargan for which a bit. Which worked quite well, but because it made him a baddie again, but he was yeah. a background player. He wasn't a title, no. a book-holding a book title character. Did, Brian Michael Bendis used him in Dark Avengers and some of the event stuff around there. Warren Ellis used him in Thunderbolts. Yeah, when he rocked back up uh, um, 
after that event, and he was uh, Flash Thompson and stuff like that series worked really well. Uh, yeah, the Agent Venom, Venom stuff it recommended it was really good. But here's the thing: Venom ain't all that anymore. Venom, you know, u- Venom used to be Beyonce. I think he's being given back to now. Me, he's that third Destiny's show. Child we've all forgotten the name of. Um, there's something there, but we've all forgotten the name of Pat's Venom. Sony making a Venom movie. It is confirmed. Not only is it confirmed, it will not take part in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it's its own to the thing. Point, to the point where people were like, oh, so it's not going to reference it then. They went, oh no, it's going to contradict it. It's David S. Venom. Any questions? <laughs> yes, several. <laughs> um, so that's going to happen. So we heard that news a while back. How we were to like, confuse moviegoers. We heard that news a while back. We were like, why is this a thing? You can't have Venom without Spider-Man. Venom is a parasite that becomes, like, it's, it's a symbiote suit. A parasite that it wants to detach from Spider-Man, attaches to someone who hates him as much I as mean, it does, and they become basically you could, evil Spider-Man. You, That's what Venom is. He's evil Spider-Man. You could do it as, uh, like, in the Ultimate Universe, they have the, it's the biological weapon um, created by genetic... genetic well, uh, originally, it was meant to be a, me- a medical tool yeah, to yeah. Uh, assess the body, um, symbiotically connect with the human body to discover what was wrong with the tissue inside, the blood cells, things like that, yeah. and repair it. But it becomes sentient because, of course, because um, comics, because comics are weird. Um, but but basically, Venom is like he's evil Spider-Man. So you can't yeah. really do it without Spider-Man in yeah. a way where it would be the Venom people who want to see it would want to see it. Yeah, I mean that's that's so, the interesting yeah. bit about Venom is is enmity with like Venom's <clears throat> not that interesting a character on his own. No, like. He's had solo things, and, and he, said, well, he has become interesting I'll rephrase that. when I'll you recontextualise him. Eddie Brock isn't that interesting in character on his own. Agreed. Uh, uh, with Apart from the stuff of his enmity with Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Yeah. Flash Thompson is an interesting character who wears the Venom symbiote. Yes. That's kind of it. That's all you've got to work with. Pretty Everyone much. else who's worn the Venom symbiote has <clears> kind of been a non-entity. Like, Matt Gargan's a fun villain, but he's not, like, a great character. No. With depth. Yeah. He's, he's just... He's the scorpion. I, I want to hurt people. Oh, now I've got this thing. I want to hurt people by eating their limbs. Yeah. It's like, okay, there we go. And he gets his jaw punched off by Superior Spider-Man. Oh, he does, yeah. Oh, God. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> so Venom movie were like well that's not really going to work with that Spider-Man and then it was announced executive producer and the person who's putting the project forward Avi Arad side note Avi Arad's uh, sort of intern basically used to be Kevin Feige yeah. the guy in charge of Marvel Studios at Disney who is rocking it and clearly a mix of a business mogul and a creative like he's, he's working in the sub- suburbs yeah. just like Quiet Riot did Deep cuts. Um, in the suburbs. Yeah. Said that he he's talented. Oh, did they? Did they release a statement? <laughs> did they release a statement? <laughs> About Kevin Feige. Did they release a statement? Did they release a statement? Did they? Oh, did they release a statement? Did they release a statement? Um, so... You forgetted me again! You were in Swayu! Oh, hello. There seems to be... That's an, up... oh, that's a, that's an up-to-date reference for all the uh, young books in our audience. Yeah. So there was. Um, Fighting if you got that one. Oh god. Uh, so there was. Um, <laughs> I'm a saint of the next man. Well, I'm the next man, folks. Where? Uh, oh god. Stop! Eccles, what are you doing here? Well, everybody's got to be somewhere. Um, 
basically we were like, oh my god, he's getting jealous. It's a petty thing. Venom mm. is being put forward because Avira thinks it will be a success story. That is the only reason why. It's not going to be good. He wants to outdo Kevin Feige to the point where he's like, oh, ours isn't even going to be connected to your universe. We're gonna, we, can, we can do it ourselves. We're going to make our own Sony universe with all the Spider-Man characters. Yeah, because they started planning that during the Amazing Spider-Man. There was going to oh, be yeah. a female-led story well, that we, eventually was we revealed to have been when the Sony leak happened, didn't we? Yeah, well, it was eventually it was going to be revealed. It was revealed that eventually one of them was going to be a spy movie starring young Aunt May and Mary Parker. <laughs> um, another one was going to be a solo Black Cat movie that would have Spider-Man in it and. Famous Spider-Man villains. Oh, that could be. Another right. was going to be a Silver Sable movie that would have Spider-Man in it. Why? And time Why? travel. Who the fuck is Silver Sable to anyone who doesn't <clears throat> read Spider-Man comics? Interesting point, though. The person who was putting that forward and the Aunt May spy film and Black Cat. Uh, one of those movies at one point was uh, working title Glass Ceiling, and the person in charge was Sony head uh, Amy Pascal. The lady behind kiboshing Ivan Reitman's Ghostbusters reboot uh, that would have been a continuation of the original franchise and putting Paul Feig in place and telling him, I want an all-female Ghostbusters. Forget about the original. So basically, Mm. Amy Pascal has part of her heart in the right place when it comes to the representation in cinema thing and blockbusters. But she's a cold-hearted businesswoman for the most part, as it seems. Yeah. Because there's a PS to this that makes me really not like her. So lately, she was talking about Spider-Man at, uh, I think there was a tech conference a little while ago, something to do with like, uh, Sony products or whatever. And she basically said in it, they said, hey, look, how are you finding the, the, mar- the merger with, D- uh, with Disney? She went, uh, it's working really great. And you know, Tom signed on to do five movies. And, uh, so, yeah, and everyone's like, all right, that's what the movie is. And then... They said, uh, I think the interview said what the films, was, um, the, the Captain America picture, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, and he's uh, taking part in the Infinity War movies, and of course the Homecoming sequel. Uh, but after that, who knows, she said, completely unprompted. And they, the interviewer says something like, uh, oh right, um, so like, you know, would the deal need to be renegotiated? She was like, well, yeah, I mean, if it, if it comes to that, yeah. Fueling the belief, because once again, these other films have started to crop up as being things that might be in the works, including the Sinister Six script that was doing the rounds. Oh, yeah, why? The belief now is that Amy Pascal, after the Spider-Man Homecoming sequel and the five-picture deal ends, is going to pluck Spidey out of the MCU with the current cast and put it into an already established Sony Spider-Man universe, which will have... Before Spider-Man comes back home again, unquote, a Silver Sable movie, because that one's doing the rounds again. And the reason we brought all this up in the first place, Venom. So, confirmed, Aviarad exec producing, and it's definitely happening. How do we know? Because this past week, they said it's definitely happening, and announced who will be playing Eddie Brock slash Venom. This, kids, is where it gets goddamn complicated. Because now we don't know how to feel. Ultimately, I think this movie is a terrible decision. Yes. I hope it sucks. And yes. I hope they go, never mind. Hey, Marvel, do you want to do something with Venom at some point? Never mind. Although Venom well, as as is concerned, Spider-Man. Well, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think Venom belongs in the MCU. Save him for much later down the line when it's like, oh, we need to shake things up. Let's do something a bit more sci-fi with Spider-Man. Yeah. However, Tom Hardy has been cast as Eddie Brock. Tom... 
turn down Rick Flag smart move, Hardy. Tom Hardy's been linked to an awful lot of comic book properties. He has. So first off was Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. That finishes, and immediately I think his name was doing the rounds for something else. I can't recall what it was, but there's something where they're like, oh, Tom Hardy's going to play this part. Yeah, now. yeah. And that was quickly dismissed. And then it was announced uh, shortly after Mad Max that he was going to be playing Rick Flagg in Suicide Squad. And then about a month later, his agent issued a statement saying, like, no, these, these reports are false, he's not playing Rick Flagg. No, he was, ca- was casted it. Oh, that's what I'm saying. They, they said it's, it's false, he's not, he's not playing Rick Flagg. And then they clarified, because they said he was in talks and he did say yes, but something else has clashed with it. And it's just going to be impossible. So he's pulled out rather than inconvenience the shoot. He's pulled out. And everyone was like, interesting. He read the script. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's what happened. Because a lot of people say, oh, he was, uh, he was filming The Revenant. No, they finished The Revenant yeah. a while that's before Suicide done. Squad needed to film. Yeah. So basically Tom Hardy smelt the shit and backed off. He seems to have a good nose for that. He doesn't tend to pick dud projects. But, I think but Venom. the closest is This Is War. Yeah. But that's but that more, that's more cheesy and, well. and off rather than terrible. That was a while and ago. And you can't blame him for Star Trek Nemesis because it was basically his cinematic big break. Yeah, I mean, he was... He, he was he was young and yet looked older. Tom Hardy has had some documented struggles with various substances when he was a younger man. Mm. So, yeah. that that That's what happened with Star Trek Nemesis. <laughs> Um, I just said to Patrick, sure, do you want to get high? And he said, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. That'd be great. That'd, I'd be, see, I'd great. See, that'd be on scenes footage. But here's the thing, he tends to pick good flicks. He's Venom. In an Aviarad-produced Sony cinematic universe for Spider-Man without Spider-Man movie. Venom solo movie. This can't be good. What's going on? I don't get it. I don't know how to feel anymore. Well, at this point, Christopher, all we've got is speculation. Mm. Is that a new villain? Probably. The Speculator! How deep down the, the, the rabbit hole of Spider-Man villains do you think they'll go? I think they'll... Uh, do you know I think they'll use all the surface stuff because if they don't have Spider-Man they need names people recognise. Uh, I think they'll do a Silver Sable movie and they'll make a big thing out of it. It's our first ever female-led movie, superhero movie, uh, at Sony. So come and see it. You've got to see it. Oh, by the way, here's Doc Ock. Doc Ock's going to be in it. They're going to do something like that to make people go, oh, I'll go see that. Forgetting that Spider-Man is a key ingredient of all these characters because Spider-Man is the tone that sets the world these characters are in. I think that... The Venom movie's going to be R-rated, Matt. There's going to be a lot... R-rated. Have there ever been any adults-only Venom comics? Venom um, does have quite a violent run. The agent agent, of Venom stuff with Flash Thompson does get violent. But it was not. But it's not Venom committing the violence. He shoots people, but he doesn't gore people. The villains do. Jack O'Lantern, for example, is horrific. It's it's, it's T for T for T. Yeah. Um, Lethal Protector, all the early '90s stuff was a bit violent, but it was early '90s violence with big teeth and swishing shoulder pads and and giant pouches. Everything's black, not red. Pretty much. So they're doing it because Sony think on the most basic levels. They're thinking. Deadpool did well and it was R-rated. Logan did well it was R-rated. We'll do R-rated. That means it'll do well. No. No. Venom was popular. No. Avi has got the sales figures from Toy Biz from 1994. Look at how popular Venom is. We they should, didn't. We should do a Venom movie. They didn't do well because they were R-rated. The kids like Tom Hardy. Let's get Tom Hardy in it. Yes, Tom Hardy is good. I think they cast him 
not because they wanted the star power. I think one of them just saw the scene in Bronson where he's got his wanger out and he covers himself in black paint. They were like, ah, that's Venom, isn't it? That's Venom, has got black goo all over him. That's Venom. You can be Venom, Thomas. Now, if you told me in, like, the sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming or the sequel to that, that Tom Hardy was going to play Eddie Brock and it was going to tie into the whole, like, news media thing and he becomes someone that really starts to hate Spider-Man and he becomes Venom, I'd buy it. An, an older grizzled journalist it. who never got his break and, yes. and, and kind of and kind of comes to resent this young upstart. Yes, not just not just the the journalist, the photographer, mm. but also his subject who it's like mocking him and seemingly staying opposed for Parker's picks, but not for Eddie's and things like that. That would be brilliant. I would totally buy that. Um, and it would be intimidating because I think about Venom as well. Sorry, Topher Grace, but Venom is intimidating out of the suit as well. Like Eddie's a bit pathetic. But if you feel like if you rumbled him on something, he wouldn't like be like, oh, I'm so sorry, oh god, he like, well, I don't need you anyway, like smack something over and leave the room. Like well, Eddie's meant to be a kind of frightening he, dude. He, he was pathetic, but then when he got mm. the symbiote, he got jacked. Precisely, he need, but he needs to feel like a force yeah, to be reckoned yeah. with. Uh, he needs to feel unhinged. Yeah, um, because Venom worked better when he was a villain, villain, not Eddie Brock going. Oh, I need to repent, so I'm going to become anti-venom. That was even weirder. Um, yeah, the anti-venom stuff was weird, but um, used well in like new ways to die. But I just, yeah. I, I just, I just don't understand the value of a, of a venom thing without him having been set up in contrast to Spider-Man first. Like it just doesn't make any sense you know, to me. You know how you do venom as a solo movie. You set him up in a Spider-Man movie. That's literally what I just said. And then, if you want to do your R-rated Venom movie, you adapt, or loosely adapt, the... Um, oh, God, what's his name? Guy who wrote Deadpool for years. Daniel Way. Daniel Way. You adapt the Daniel Way Venom run from the mid-2000s, which begins with, essentially, The Thing. Okay. It begins in an Arctic base where part of the government have a section of the Venom symbiote that they've managed to keep alive since it was separated from him and they're experimenting on it. Oh. And it breaks loose and fucks them up. Eventually it connects to someone else, this young woman, and they go back to New York to deal out some damage. And all the while she's inside it, fighting it. Because it's basically using her as a vessel. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, basically she's 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 a... Imagine if Ripley wasn't an alien but she was in the thing. That's what the first third of the story is like. Okay, it's like she's kicking its ass, then eventually it's just like, no, it overpowers her, and it's like, you are helping me get back to New York. I'm going to F shit up. And so you could do something with it like that. I love that. the way you censored that. Fuck, we're not shit then. Yeah, what? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I'm not looking forward to Venom, but I'm intrigued to see why Tom Hardy signed on. I wonder, I wonder if basically Avi Rab was like, if you do it, I'll give you all the Venom action figures you could ever want. Well, apparently he's a big fan. It's Tom Hardy. Well, that might be why he did it then. I'll give you all the Venom action figures you ever want. Oh, great. And I love it. You know he's favorite. a big fan because after the announcement came out, he posted a picture of himself online wearing a Venom t-shirt. So you know yeah, he's a big about, fan. Yeah, with about 80 Sony execs out of shot. <laughs> oh, Wear God. this Venom t-shirt, Tom. Wear it, Thomas. You've been a lifelong fan of Venom, Tom. Wear it, Tom, or we'll show everybody that film where you got your tackle out. Everyone saw it. it Everyone's called, seen Bronson. It's, Bronson. Yes. <laughs> it's great. Well we'll, well, we'll we'll show them that and then we'll show them shame. And we'll make everyone believe in Michael has got bigger Todger than you. Well, well, he does. I'm not ashamed to say that. His Todger is mighty. 
<laughs> Todger is mighty. The title of shame wasn't a graphic. It was spelt out when Michael Fassbender arranged his penis. <laughs> he just bent it into some <laughs> shapes. <laughs> it's like a big pipe cleaner. Oh, God. <laughs> a big fleshy etch-a-sketch. D- David created the first xenomorph by just putting arms and legs with on his, the side of his penis. With his big old... That's why it, that's why it looks so phallic. <laughs> Oh, it all makes sense now. Oh. Trust me, you think you've seen Big Willies on TV. You, you <laughs> catch up on American Gods, you'll see some enormous penises. Oh, God. Don't do that. Mm. Well, talk- no, yet yeah, you will... Mm. There, is, there, is, there is a sex scene in, in that show where someone <laughs> walks out swinging free and jaws will drop. There is a, it's a large penis. A large penis. Well... Talking of, of cock-ups, Justice League's apparently in its second batch of reshoots. Yeah. Now, that's interesting, because reshoots happen on every movie. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. But this is that a... The rumour is... And well, it is just well, a rumour. I stress it's just a rumour. Yeah. The rumour is that this movie has been, has been reshot so much, they've essentially filmed the whole thing twice. Yes. Which should explain a lot, because they started principal photography on it over a year ago. Yeah. And principal photography, for even a big blockbuster like, blockbuster like that... Lasts at the most nine months, at the very most. And that's for a, that is a truly epic shoot. Yeah. Now, it's interesting because everyone said Suicide Squad went into reshoots, and of course, the, you know, crowd control came out to say, hey guys, that doesn't mean bad things, it just means that this stuff, like, it happens on every movie. But then it was further explained why it went into reshoots. It was to add more jokes to the movie, mm. because the second trailer, the first full trailer, after the teaser, the one Bohemian Rhapsody that was played for the laughs a bit more in a Guardians of the Galaxy kind of style did much better than the original teaser that was darker. And Warner's panicked and went, put more jokes in it! More jokes, please. Put more jokes in more it. Go, jokes. Back, go back and shoot more jokes. Um, so there's a precedent already on this for, oh God, DCEU camp, sort of in terms of like the movie making, is a bit of a clusterfuck. Flash mm. has just lost its third director. Yeah. There's a, there's a short list of directors for Flash floating around, but um, it's nuts though. It's like, movement. why has this happened? Yeah. Um, Aquaman... Oh, Billy Crudup's dropped out of Flash as well. Oh, he was playing Henry Allen. He was Allen. playing Henry Allen. He dropped out because he's just bored of being messed around. Probably, I guess. yeah. It's, oh, it wouldn't God. surprise me if everyone else drops out, apart from, of course, yeah. um, your man Ezra, Ezra Miller, because he's kind of he's kind of stuck there at this point. Yeah. Um, what else? James Wan's Aquaman has had to pause because of the Justice League reshoots because mm-hmm. they need Momoa. Um, so it's like, oh my god, like, what the hell is going on? Then unfortunately some real life tragedy struck. Back in February, apparently Zack Snyder's teenage daughter took her own life. And that's fucking horrible. There is no denying that. And I don't remember hearing about that. That's, yeah. Was that, kept, that, is, that was kept under wraps? It was kept under wraps at the time, uh, publicly. They didn't well, I mean, it's, it, it's, yeah. not, it's not anyone else's business. It's no, really, of course. Yeah, but, enough, so. but the thing is, Zack Snyder said he went back to work because that was how he copes, like, mm. just carrying on. Mm. But after two months of sort of holding it in, it became a bit too much. So Zack Snyder is taking a break. They don't know how long it's going to be. But as far as the business side of things goes, because we wish him all the best, that's a freaking horrible thing to get over. And him and his wife, like, they need time to, you know come to terms with it all it's not 
it's not something they're going to get used no, to straight no, away. No, no. Um, but from the business side of things, that's putting the film in further jeopardy because, of course, this film has a set release date. Warners really want to make that money, get the tickets sold, get the pre-bookings going when when it comes to like the month before. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of post-production for the reshoot, so they need to keep it going now. So because of that, Warners have continued the reshoots with a stand-in director. And the announcement was made saying it's one of their other directors who's in pre-production for his DCEU film. So not only have they announced who's covering, they've confirmed what was a maybe the other week. There was a heavy rumour. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was a, a contract confirmed. negotiation, yeah. discussions. But we now know that not only is Joss Whedon stepping in to fulfil the directing role for the reshoots... Batgirl by Joss Whedon is a thing. Yeah. So that we'll talk about again when there's more comes out about that because we've already discussed Batgirl before, but like that excites me. Joss Whedon doing a Batgirl movie. Yeah. Yay. I just hope it's more his baby and less a DCEU movie. It seems a weird choice though. This all, I mean, I'm, I'm glad they're doing a Batgirl movie, um, mm. but it just seems the whole, this whole, DC, the whole approach and structure of the DCEU and what movies are being worked on and what's coming out when just seems so scattershot. Like, there doesn't seem to be any plan in in place. Things they just keep announcing things and then just postponing things, and then some things are happening, and some things are not happening, and then this is pushed back, and then oh my god, a director's gone here. I know this actor's dropped out, and that actor's dropped out, and we're doing this director's doing that, and we've had a rewrite on this one, and this isn't happening now, and what else is happening? It's it it. I'm I've gone cross-eyed trying to follow what is going on with the production of these movies. Well, at least we know that there's a safe pair of hands steering what is currently left of the next big tentpole. Yeah. Um, it's a weird thought. I think Joss Whedon has had a hand now in both the first live-action films for the Avengers and the Justice League. Oh, well, you know, to be fair, if you want someone to come and wrangle a movie that's got a big cast and lots of lots of action and super then you, you know pick ensemble he's weedon he's done he's done ensemble's avengers. his middle name yeah exactly he's done avengers he's done serenity he's done age of ultron age of ultron's an interesting case because it did suffer from some studio interference yeah which seems to be a big thing that the um that the dc movies have, have suffered from because Marvel's philosophy was always that basically that Kevin Feige and all the heads at Disney and everything are trying to keep it so that they're all under the same banner. A yeah. lot of people complain that the films feel a bit similar, <clears throat> but I think that's intentional. It's so that you go, okay, we know what works, it plays it safe, but they still let the filmmakers experiment here and there yeah. to, to bring unique flavours. Like James Gunn, for example, like Guardians is his baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the studio is. supported it. and because, But because also those movies are so detached from the ongoing plot of what's going on on Earth. Yeah. Like, he has a lot more freedom. Precisely. Whereas, like, Joss Whedon's got to set up what's coming next with Thor and what's coming next with... And that was the Captain biggest problem with Age of Ultron. Next, yeah. That, like, it, that, was, that was the biggest beef. And it, it, it's turned other directors away, like Edgar Wright. Apparently, it's been said that Edgar Wright left Ant-Man amicably. It was an amicable departure, but it's still sad, and he wishes it had worked a different way. Well, don't we all? I would like to see Edgar Wright's Ant Man. I think Peyton Reed's Ant Man. I really enjoy job, Peyton but... Reed's Ant Man, so yeah. there we go. Get, just, get, oh, just, I'm surprised. I'm Peyton Reed, fair enough. Like, yeah, we've had to do yeah. the second Ant Man, but I would have loved it if they'd just gone right. Edgar, look, okay, we'll give you some more creative control if you work with our canvas that we've already created. Will you make Ant Man and the Wasp? I would have been like, yes, give me that. The thing with Edgar Wright, though, he is very much also a writer as much as he is a director. And on the plus side, it means we get Baby Driver, which yeah. I'm very much looking forward Baby to. Baby Driver looks really good. So, um, so there is the ad. But yeah, so Mar- Marvel is Marvel's a family unit that have a strict dad, basically. 
DC were like, we don't do that. The way our films are going to be made is they're going to be director's movies. The directors <laughs> are going to influence the style of the movies. And then to prove it, the same directors directed most of them. And they've been almost universally directionless. Yeah. And on top of that, other directors have attached themselves to projects, stepped away from projects, yeah. attached themselves to projects, been fired from projects. It's not working out. It's, it's really not. And also, the three films so far all clearly feel like they're in the same, under the same banner. Like they're all different levels of awful under the same strict different, set different of levels universe of universe rules. Washed out, dreary, yeah, messy, awful. I'm still not excited for Wonder Woman um, at all, man. I, 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 we'll I keep every time I see the we'll trailers, see. I'm just like, this is the fourth movie in a series I despise. And you know, I I, I, I can't get excited anymore. I want to be, I want to be excited for that, and I want to be excited for Justice League. For all those people who are like Marvel shills, I'm not any more excited for Justice League because of Joss Whedon's involvement. I just think, oh, that's an interesting choice. Like to get him to fill yeah. in, basically to do second unit directing and recovery. He's babysitting the movie. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I really hope Justice League comes out alright because I really would have liked Zack Snyder to actually make a good movie. Yeah. Since when was the last actually Dawn of the Dead was was very good. Three hundred is enjoyable. I don't think it's good. It's its own beast. That's kind of it. Like Watchmen's alright. It's alright at best. Sucker Punch is fucking dire. abysmal. Yeah. Like it's barely a film. Um, you know. It's a Zack it's a Zack Snyder fever dream. Man of Steel is half alright. But <laughs> So you mean Space Jesus complete, the movie. Yeah. And then Batman vs Superman is just dreck. Well complete fucking dreck. Hopefully there are better things on at the cinema right now. There are! What's in the cinema, Mattathias? On, King of the Druids? On Sunday I went to see Colossal. Again, that's not a euphemism. Yes. Why not? Uh, Colossal. Do you know what Colossal is, Christopher? I know the basics, I'm yeah. Gonna t- I'm going to explain to you. Hit it. And by virtue of explaining to you, explain to our listeners. Oh my god. You're going to act as a vessel for the exposition oh, I'm cool. about to deliver. Will you, will as you... you know, Chris. Oh. Colossal. Yep. It's a film starring Anne Hathaway. Oh shit, she's good. As She is very good. As a woman named Gloria, who's directionless and uh, she's been out of work for a year or so. She gets dumped by her boyfriend, played by Dan Stevens, who's very British in this also. Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't do American this. He doesn't do fake American. Um, he, uh, so she goes back to her hometown, tries to sort, sort her life out. She's, she's clearly got some issues with alcohol. She meets one of her old friends there. He's got a bad, like her old school friend. Um, starts to get a bit settled down. And then all of a sudden, a giant monster attacks Seoul in uh, Korea, in South Korea. And no one knows what happens, and it just... it Well, it doesn't really attack Seoul as much as it just wanders aimlessly through Seoul, demolishing buildings and and causing havoc and mass destruction. Then... <clears throat> this thing looks like a hammerhead shark with limbs, Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've then, seen images of it. It looks, it looks then, sort of dopey and scary at the same time. You know, Gloria's struggling to get her life together and, and, and Oscar, her friend, has given her a job at the bar and trying to help... It's going to help with her alcoholism. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> he's, trying, he's trying to help her sort... He's helping her sort out her, her, her parents' house and get, get things together and she's starting to... You know, but then she just... She does stay out drinking all hours and wandering home at God knows what time in the morning and the monster attacks Soul again and... But this time it just kind of stands there and do, makes some weird hand gestures. And it scratches the top of its head. 
in the same way Gloria does. And she sees that and suddenly works out that the monster is doing what she does. She is the monster. And it kind of jumps off from there. And I don't want to get too much into more of the plot. Yeah, I was going to say, it it, seems like one that if you explain more... Yeah, if you explain more about what it is, it will tell you too much of what happens. And I I only knew that much from the trailers that Mm. I'd seen. Um, And then I went to the movie and was so pleasantly surprised with what I got. Um, It does flip a couple of your expectations on its head. It is... It does definitely start off as a comedy. It is a very black comedy. I like me some black comedy. It goes to some really dark places towards the end and starts to deal with like themes of abuse, both emotional and physical, of being abused, of of, of escaping abuse, uh, self abuse, and things like that. It's very much a movie with a message, and the, and there's a very metaphorical aspect to its to the monster stuff, which is very literal. Like it's not that stuff is actually happening in the movie. It's not like a dream sequence or anything. Yeah. Um, but it, it's not a, and it was all a dream. No, but it is used as a device to explain the theme, to, to help um, uh, make the themes of the movie a bit more explicit. Right. Um, and it's just, it's a great, I'm always fantastic in it. And it's also got a great turn from Jason Sudeikis as Oscar, who's her He's the best friend. the best friend, yeah. Um, yeah, it's really great. It's, it's, it's a character piece with some Weird monster stuff going on. Some really beautiful uh, cinematography. Smart, smart script. It's been it was made in like 2015 as well. I think it was shown. It is, it's, it is one it's been doing knocking a lot around of for a yeah. long time, and it's it's good to finally see it get a release. So if you can get out and give Colossal a go, it's it's great fun. Would you say it's a <laughs> colossal good time? It's it's, <laughs> it's hugely enjoyable. <laughs> It's massively likable. It's big. It's bigly. It's bigly good. It's wonderful. No. No. Christopher. No. If you don't want to spend time at the cinema, oh, what can you do at home? Wank. <laughs> well, we I mentioned the budget. We mentioned Marvel Heroes last week, and and. Uh, uh, if you go to our YouTube channel, uh, you can see us playing a bit of that from when the open beta launched yesterday. Diddy diddy do does. Um, that's up there for your viewing pleasure. So we're not going to talk about that much more now other than to recommend it. If you've got a PS4, it's free. Go and give it a go. It's free to play! What else came out? I mean, after the last thing I said, that's probably not the best wording. Blood. Um, <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> oh, God! Call the doctor. You were too um, rough! Injustice Two. Oh God! Injustice Two pulled it right off, good sir. God, that's like sandpaper. Injustice Two landed on the Xbox Bring One. Bring the lotion. And the PS4, uh, the sequel to Injustice Gods Among Us, which I talked about in a big damn love on the YouTube channel. If you haven't seen it, go give it a watch. Uh, it's got a very funny ending. Um, if you do say something, yeah. um, it's you, all right. You leave me to die. I um, did <laughs> every night in a way, and uh, you always survive <laughs> every day. Should throw away those skittles. One it's an alternate timeline. The Big Damn Love videos are an alternate timeline. One it's day different you'll us. fail. Oh god. Oh Jesus. Well, Injustice Two, uh, Electric Boogaloo. Is it Injustice is... Gods Among Us Two? No. Or Injustice Two Gods Among Us? Or Injustice Two More Gods Among Us? Gods all over us. No, it's just, this one's just Gods in Space. This one's just. Injustice 2. 
Just um, Injustice. Yeah. Two. Yes. And uh, it's a sequel to Injustice Gods Among Us, so it's the sequel story to the story mode of that game, but it's a beat-em-up, so it's, you know, DC heroes and DC villains. But it's a NetherRealm beat-em-up. So it's a NetherRealm beat-em-up. I imagine it's got that the same thing that MK... After Mortal Kombat X. Sorry. Yeah, after Mortal Kombat, uh, which was Mortal Kombat 9, um, the heavily informed Injustice Gods Among Us, back yeah. on the PS3. which I Both of which I enjoyed quite a lot, despite oh, being yes. fucking awful at fighting games. <laughs> I.e. not good enough at fighting games to actually finish either game. I'll have to replay it. We're ah! uh, So, yes. What, what Mortal Kombat was for Injustice Gods Among Us, Mortal Kombat X... Definitely is. It's not a ten. Well, it's definitely is. an X. Is, no, it because is. then they brought out the the, the, uh, the version with all the content included. It was Mortal Kombat XL. Oh Christ! <laughs> um, <laughs> Mortal Kombat X has definitely laid the foundation for Injustice Two. But I go so far as to say I think Injustice Two has sort of refined the novelty of the fighting game a bit and the longevity of the fighting game. I can see that because I. Tell me more about this. Tell me more. Tell me I've, more. I've been I've been following Injustice Two, and I believe there's a loot system. There is indeed a loot system. You can you can put equipment on your fighters and change their stats. Yeah. Tell me more about that, Christopher. Well, I shall. After these messages. Um. No, this is where they play the adverts. Oh, we don't have a sponsor yet. No, oh, no, we do. We'd have to do it. You just play something. That's how it works, right? You right. Here's the thing, right? Yeah. If you want to advertise on our podcast yeah. and reach all seven of our listeners, yeah. then what we can do is yeah. send us information about your brand and some free samples and, and yeah. do an offer code. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know, enter uh, BDC Sexy Boys, um, number two and number three Kiss Boys, because Jim's still in number one. Um, ah! Big Dan, enter Big that Dan code. Talk. Uh, a vape company sponsor. Uh, we'll, we'll make the code Big Dank Toke. Enter that code at, the, at your website to get twenty percent off your 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 first order, and then we'll do a, what we'll do is we'll do a witty ad, and then we'll give people the discount code, and all seven of our listeners will flock to your brand. Well, no, based on and, averages, and things. two of the seven will flock to the brand. Okay, so two of our seven listeners mm. will flock to your brand and buy your Razor subscription service or your. Box of monthly goodies, or yeah. what stock they couldn't get rid of your, from, your, your, from from Target. Your mattresses that come in boxes, uh, audio books, audio books, or, or, or um... oh shit, the adverts, the adverts mentioned. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, so you're back to the podcast. Injustice Two has a loot box system, uh, not to be confused with Loot Crate. It's Wait. pronounced Loot Crate. Loot Crate. Loot Crate. Oh god. So, so how it works basically is that um, you can level up each individual character. Like in Justice before this, you level up your own. Um, wait, wait, wait. Experience your own profile. Yes. You can make the numbers go higher. You can make the numbers go well higher. Anyone who knows me about me and my and my and the things I like in video games knows that I like I like to make the numbers go higher, and I like to make the bars. Go from left to right. Well, sir, what if I told you you could not only do that for your own profile as yes. a player? Yes. But you have to do that for every single character. <gasps> and not only that, <gasps> the more numbers you go up, oh, the more loot is dished out to you. The numbers... Do the numbers keep getting bigger? <laughs> they keep getting bigger. And you keep getting more <clears throat> stuff to make the numbers bigger. There was a daily challenge today, for example... 
for getting five of your characters to, I think it was level 30. Uh, so uh, they can go high. Are there, are there, they go high. Are, are there bars that fill? Bars that fill. Oh. Then bars be filled. So oh. as you play, you get different loot drops, which include costume items, oh. uh, skin color changes oh. for the, for the costumes. Uh, the different costume items physically change the appearance of your character. And based on which ones you get, change stats. So, like, you could wear armor that gives you a higher defense level or a weapon that gives you a higher uh, damage in an attack. And you can um, make the stats higher. Level. You can make the stats higher. Can you make the stats lower? You can make the stats lower based on what you choose to wear. So, for example, oh. if you've got, say, like, a headpiece, a headgear, a piece of headgear that uh, greatly heightens your defense, for example, but lowers your strength, but it comes with a bonus, like, a, a little extra bonus where it, like, will triple your XP Yes. Uh, for every third win, for example... Then you can put that on, yes, and you can add another item of clothing continue. that puts your strength there. back up. I'm nearly there. So, you see, see what I'm saying? You can balance yeah. it so that you can Don't stop now and increase every single one of your stats. No! This will affect how you play, specifically in online battles ranked matches. So if you're a newbie to Injustice 2, don't be intimidated. Unless you play a ranked match, you're not going to have to fight somebody who's got better skill than you. If you play a match on Injustice 2, you play a ranked match, you are only ever going to fight people who are at the same level as you. So it's never completely unfair in the online system. There will always be a way to play people on your same skill level. And obviously as you get better, you challenge higher skilled players, players with more loot, and players with more gear stuff that's been attached to the characters. But also, the gear, and all the character stuff, all the costume stuff, and stat boosts and all these things, aid toward your fight in the multiverse. So aside from the main storyline, which is basic fighting game fare, but like the first one, really well scripted, really, really well animated. Really yeah, the facial well. animation. We played a little bit earlier. The facial animations were really impressive. Black Canary and Supergirl stand out the most yeah. to me because they're, the mo- they're the most uncovered facially. You can see all the movements. Hmm. Uh, whereas up to the storyline, I'm about. I've just fought Black Canary, who's been mind controlled by Grodd. I so do. she's like what she, she's like Japanese horror film twitching, and her eyes are rolling up into the back of her head, and it looks oh, terrifying. Okay. Um, okay, but like even that, it's like, oh god, that's horrible. <laughs> uh, so there's that. The designs also look significantly less ugly than the original Injustice designs, because as much as I like the original Injustice, yeah, those designs fall into the cu- the, the current DC slash Warner Brothers trap of being fucking horribly over designed. Yes, and just busy and. Well, you could Just say that with the gear good. in this one, but you could also you can change the appearance of your gear if you spend some of your credits to look like other gear. Mm. So if you like super powered, if you gave the highest stuff to your Superman, mm. and he's covered in face masks and spikes and all this, and you don't like that, spend a tiny bit of your in-game credit, and you can revert that equipment to look just like his normal outfit. And you say you can use all this in. The multiverse. Yes. Remember the towers in M- MKX? I do remember the towers. Yeah. Imagine M- the towers. MKX and MK9. Imagine the towers that are constantly regenerating, new ones are appearing every single day and they all what? run out. Yes. So there are the one t- at one time there are five multiverse worlds to tackle. One could be up for half an hour. One could be up for five days. One could be up for 48 hours and counting down. And you can only get the bonuses, like the big bonuses, if you complete it as a specific character for example. Okay. The multiverse is where the story connects back. So the main story mode in this is just based in the regime Injustice universe. Yeah. The multiverse is implying that the main DC universe from Injustice have reverse engineered the portal technology that brought them to the regime universe and have found a way to open up portals to the multiverse. Whenever a distress signal or distress call is, is sensed from another world and they think they can help, 
they'll send someone in to deal with it. A crisis. A crisis, if you will. On, on infinite, infinite Earths. Earths. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's great is you'll go into multiple... Say, for example, you've got one that's called, like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, like, uh, like uh, you know... I don't know. I yeah. literally don't know. No, but... that was a Kryptonian name. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a bit more... It's a bit more unwieldy than Zod. Superman's middle name. Kneel before... <laughs> Kneel before Bobcat Ter- Goldthwait Hiccups. I can't imagine Terrence Stamp spitting that out for I'll, I'll find him! Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, oh god. Right, so for example, say if it's an Earth that's like consumed by flame. Yeah, it's it's basically uh, it's roasted. It, like it's it's sun is gathering nearer, the earth is tearing up, and people are rioting all over it. For example, or something like that. Yeah, you'll get there, and you may be facing just like the flame or fire themed villains, or ones who work with like anger and hatred, so like Atrocitus and and Firestorm, things like that. You'll have to tackle these characters, and they'll be like the world will be on fire. So there'll be comets raining down during the match. So you might get hit by the comets. So okay. there's all these extra sort of things okay. that get away. Complete. Each multiverse has like three or four objectives that are optional, but if you complete them, you get massive prizes and loot, uh, loot drops and gear drops. Um, but you can just complete them as is and still get a load already, including coins, which you could buy the real world if you want to, because of course that's how games are nowadays. Yes. But you pay could, fifty you can, quid for a game and then pay more money to unlock stuff in. But yes. you can earn plenty just by playing through multiverse, which is what I would encourage anyway, because it means you get better at characters. Try many different characters as many as you can, because we play the story mode. Well, that was what was the... good about Star Labs in yeah. and, and Challenge Mode in, in Original Injustice and Mortal Kombat, respectively. Yeah, Star Labs, unfortunately, was very hit and miss for me. Like, some of the combat ones I liked, but there were others where it was like, fight the Joker and don't get hit at any point. Yeah. And but if you do that, I mean, you'll get it, the star. It sounds yeah. like a refinement of that. Well, they've, uh, they've changed it, yeah, so it's like, yeah. in this match you can't do any um, long-range attacks, or uh, every character you fight has regenerating health, things like that. <clears throat> so it's, it, it's sort of a... It feels more like they've borrowed from their mobile version of Injustice Gods Among Us, including the gear. All that stuff existed on that. Yeah. And they've brought it across into the sequel to the console game. Interesting. Uh, and it's working out really well so far. Story mode's the usual story mode for a fighting game, where basically it's, it's either hit or miss, this one's really good... But it's that thing where you basically get a chance to try pretty much every player at least once there's a, there's and an get aw- to find out who you play as the best and who you fit the best. There's an awful lot of free-to-play fighting games floating around that I'm shocked haven't been brought over to console. Yeah, Things like Marvel <clears throat> Contest of Champions, Transformers yep. Forged to Fight, yep. WWE Immortals. How easy would it have been, even just the Facebook game, um, Marvel uh, Avengers, Alliance. Avengers Alliance, how easy would it have been to just like transfer that to a console? Especially with the free-to-play It takes no on memory up on your thing, and it's yeah. just a turn-based, like, you know, turn-based combat thing. It would have been wonderful, but they, they didn't think about it. Uh, but till then, you got Injustice Sun! Uh, there's also a few characters who are basically alternate skins. Mm. So like in the original Injustice, you could uh, change Green Lantern to the John Stewart Green Lantern. And he'd have all new lines um, and all voice yeah, acted, yeah. different characters. And there was, a, there was a TV Green Arrow in it as TV well. TV Green Arrow voiced by Stephen Amell. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and that was alongside the DLC characters in the last one. In this one, there are DLC characters that are up for pre-order and that will come out over time. But there are also character skins which change your character completely in terms of their animation, their reactions. Because here's the other thing. Whenever every fight starts, they all have unique interaction. And there's about four variations for each pairing. That's something they brought over from Mortal Kombat. Mm. It's that. amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it works really nice in the DC Universe because there's lots of stuff that's relevant to the story modes of the well, yeah, games. You, you but you also get Easter eggs too. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, especially when you meet doubles of yourself, that's always fun too. Yes. Uh, so that's good. But um, how was I going with that? Saying about I've been uh, saying that for the last ooh, <laughs> hour. Schweinhund. <laughs> yes, yeah, so there was uh, the fighting, talking, talking, fighting matchups. That was it. DLC characters with the alternate skins. Yeah. So for example, Supergirl. If you uh, buy the like ex- the, the sort of the season pass, as it were, which I think it's, it's called something else. It's got really weird names. Not season pass. But if you buy that, you instantly get three of the alternate skins. Yeah. Which includes Power Girl for Supergirl. Power so Girl. her build changes. Her costume's different. She's uh, got a tit face window. Face the hair is different. She's got the tit window. She talks differently. Yeah. For Flash, you get Reverse Flash, which is nice for any fans of the TV show. You get to basically play as um, as what's it? Oh God, about Thorn. He keeps getting keeps keep getting called Thorn in the story mode. Cause he pops in the story mode too. Uh, and uh, who's the other Shut one? Washing machine. Green Lantern turns into John Stewart. Green Lantern. So you get that too. Will you tell your washing machine to pipe the fuck down. It's excited for injustice. Jesus, I'm excited for injustice. <laughs> but you don't hear me rattling like an old fucking jalopy. So basically, for those of us, those of you who watched Big Damn Love and enjoyed it, the, the one about injustice. Uh, good news. I really like the sequel so far. I think I'm gonna have to check this game out. You're gonna have to get a son because you also got to join our guild. We've started a guild on there. Join the guild. The way the guilds work is basically the more people sign up to a guild, the more of those same people tackle. A unique multiverse for that guild, which regenerates after each one's completed. Sorry for the noise, guys. That's alright, it's just my anus. Um, but the way that works, basically, is that if you're in a guild and you tackle that multiverse, if you can't get past it, maybe one of your other team members will. It'll go to where you were left up to in terms of the tournament. Yeah. Eventually, you all best it, you all get rewards that you can only get in guild. Boom. Like, nice. Boom ting! Boom ting and boom ting indeed. So, our guild, if you want to join it, I'll double check the code, we're called the Big Damn Guild. If you really want to search through all of them alphabetically, because um, there are quite a few. That's really annoying, isn't it? That's really annoying. Oh my god. It'll stop in six minutes. Uh, if you want to join the Big Damn Guild, all you got to do is search for our code. And our code for the Big Damn Guild, if you type in the ID bar, is 2MHK0. That's 2MHK0. If you want to join our guild, go for it. You've got to be level 5 or above. We're going to beat the shit out of some staff. You know? That should be better. Sorry, what? What have you done? It's okay. I fixed it. Thank you. Thank you. I make it up. It's stupid. Talking about fixing it. Oh, oh, oh. Don't even make the joke you were going to make. I could see the lips. You literally on your lips. saw the word forming on my lips. You were like, no! Your lips started to form a letter and your eyes suddenly went, no! No! And then it went, and your mouth started to stop and respond. Then could I? But could I? And no. You, but could... you did send us some letter emails. <laughs> um, and. Your email was only the start of it. We're gonna. Uh, we're gonna fix it for you. Oh god, no! <laughs> Oh, um, now then. Now then, now then. <laughs> Canon Smallwood. Yes. <laughs> Bring it the flick on. This came through uh, six days ago, so you might be a little late with this. Canon Smallwood says, It's my birthday this week, so please sing today's song to the tune of Happy Birthday to You. Oh, God, here we go. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Happy birthday, dear Cannon. Happy birthday to you. Uh, all right. Well, that was thank standard. you. That was. That's all from Cannon Smallwood. Had Cannon written that out. Cannon had written that out. You wrote out the words to the birthday song. The birthday song. And then asked us to sing it to the tune of the birthday. Well, it's out. It's <laughs> out. 
It's out. I've copied oh, it. Oh, God. Harry T. Draper. What does the T stand for, Harry? The. The. Harry the Harry Draper. Harry the Draper. He hangs curtains for a living. Hello! Hello! Christmas. It would have been really impressive if a third voice had joined in at that moment. Yeah, but I haven't got a fart brewing, so... Can't do that. You can make your anus say hello. Well, I could try. Hello, hello. (laughs) Nothing ventured, nothing gained, Christopher. Um, (laughs) Let's not venture there. Chris and Matt. Chris and Matt. Chris and Matt and the black and white cat. Oh, there there it is. Early in the morning. Just as the house He has bought himself a brand new hat. Hope all is well. Brand new hat. Brand new hat. <laughs> Massive thanks to the shout out to the twin brothers Leo and Oliver on your podcast a few eps back. Not a problem. Uh, they were delighted. And don't worry, no awkward questions were asked about the title, Throbbing Pete Meat. <laughs> oh, madam. Speaking of throbbing peat meat... Oh, I don't like where this is going. Extremists! Oh, right, okay. No, I still don't like where this is going. What did you think? My response, Super Mario, Super Mario, Super Ruddy Bloody Mario! Really? (laughs) Well, no, not really, because it was all in the Matrix or something. I don't know. Is Westworld a bit better than this? I might give that a try. Westworld is is way better. Westworld isn't like... this is in the Matrix thing. It's not. It's not what they're doing in the in, uh, in Westworld. Uh, ironically, they played Wreck It Ralph on BBC One a few hours before, and that was immensely good. So that they were saved. Yay! Wreck It Ralph is good though. That is um, really bad timing when you think about it. Thinking about the Mario line, that's terrible timing. Hi kids, hope you enjoyed that fun adventure oh, with all the computer game characters. Oh, they want to kill themselves. But what did Turbo do? Uh, what? Have you seen Wreck-It Ralph? No, I'm still not seeing Oh, it. well, then you didn't get that reference, did you? Uh, cheers, me dears. No. Harry T. Draper. So what did we think of extremists? I, I know that Alan Tudjik's just doing an Edwin impression. Not quite. So he doesn't talk like this? He does, but there's more to it than that. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, he's doing an Edwin impression. Is that, is that a voice the character's putting on? Yes. Uh, I've got suspicions. Okay. Okay. Rage, um, um, what did we think of extremists? What did you think of extremists? I... Didn't mind it. Get out. I didn't hate it. No, we, we talked about Get Out a few episodes back. Um, <laughs> it was not oh, as good the, as Get what Out. The JoJo hit from the, the early two thousands. Get out, leave right now. Um, I feel I Pretty. didn't. I didn't mind the Missy flashback stuff. Missy being in the vault was the most obvious thing in the world that I call yeah. immediately. So at least um, they softened the blow of the disappointment yeah. by showing it out of order. I didn't mind. I actually, I thought the the uh, the contrivance of it all taking place in a <clears throat> simulation was it was interesting because it got to you got to do some big you got my to, man. You, that was the only thing it was missing. Well, it means you got to do some big world changing stuff that you wouldn't be able to do in a normal episode because it has to, you know, more or less jive with continuity, like blowing up CERN and killing the president and all that stuff. You wouldn't be able to do that in a normal Doctor Who story, um, really. Well, I you mean, might be able to do it in a big the president finale. gets. Because uh, yeah, I was going to say the president gets killed yeah. on live television by a floating talking ball. In yeah, series not, three. But, but then not that's the finale. Gets so yeah. So, no, ah, no, it was just uh, after. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ha ha! Two dead presidents in Doctor Who. Oh yes. Um. Yeah, I. 
thought it was okay. It wasn't it wasn't as strong as um the nice, but I thought it was it was it was perfectly fine. I enjoyed it. I hate it the more I think about it. I just uh hate is an awfully strong word. It is, but I'll I'll It's not quite as strong as I'll tell you for why. Oaky erection, but it's a strong word. (laughs) It's not quite as strong as (laughs) Sigatons There's um what is there are two story tropes I absolutely hate because rarely they're done well. It takes a really good writer to do them well. One that I I hate with a fire biblical passion is the story structure, story trope known as the liar revealed. Where a character is mistaken for something tries to get out of it, realises that they benefit from it somehow, go along with the lie, and then the moment of truth is, they're exposed, everyone's like, I trusted you! And then they all walk away and they split up, and then they come back and save the day and everything's alright. It's the most boring, played out, crap story that the 80s and 90s continue to pilfer in most of its family films. Doctor Who has done it before as well. It's just like, it's not... I hate it. Hate it, I hate it, I hate it. One that I hate slightly less... Because better better writers than Stephen Moffat have found ways to make it work is the it was all the dream storyline because there is something fun about the what ifs scenarios the whole like yeah yeah what if this happened what if we but you've got to pay it off perfect example is uh, the Batman animated series episode the new Adventure Batman and Robin episode uh, over the edge in which That's spoiler great, alert for an great, excellent cartoon it's a great episode. I won't say exactly what happens in the story because I'd rather you see it, but essentially something goes down and at the end you find out it was all a hallucination that Batgirl was having due to fear gas. And it was so epic and brilliant that you're like, well, I'm glad it didn't happen because it meant horrible things happened to the characters. (laughs) But at the same time, really? It was all a dream? The last 24 minutes have been a dream? But then she's like, I can't deal with the pressure anymore. I've got to tell my dad. So she's going to tell Commissioner Gordon. So there's a, there's a consequence. And then it's beautifully done. She sits down, she has him over for dinner, and he's worried that there's something up. And then she's about to tell him, and he's like, look, I think I know what you're going to say. Just, you're a big girl now. Like, you're your own woman. You, you do you. Whatever it is you're doing, I will support you. As long as you're safe and as long as you're happy and you feel that you can do, you're doing the best you can, I will always stand by you. I might not support you if you decide to sleep with your mentor. That, that's, that's not part of the anime series! So he says, like, uh, you know, I, whatever it is, I'll, I'll stand by you, whatever you and your friends are doing. He basically implies, I know you're Batgirl. I know Bruce Wayne's Batman. I know all about it. I figured it out. Don't worry. You can look after yourself. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's brilliant, because it means that you have the whole, it was just a dream, but then there's a nice payoff at the end of the episode. I think that's, that's the way you use that trope, really. Yeah. That's what you do with it. Extremists, some people would argue, um, well, by the end, the Doctor found out what the plan's going to be of, of these, these monks, this, this alien species. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Doesn't know what the plan is, no. No, because the Veritas has nothing to do with whatever they're doing to take over the world. The Veritas was the key inside the simulation to give away that it was a simulation. Yeah. So we have no idea what their plan is. Why were they trying to stop him reading the Veritas if it was a simulation? Why do they care? Because it is- I thought they were planning how to take over the Earth. Yeah, but if we're it rendering... It was completely pointless. If we're rendering one of our videos and it fails, <clears throat> yeah. 90% left to go. Yeah. Yeah, we can just run it again, but we've lost however long it's taken to run that fucking render. Yeah. And then we've got to start... But the Doctor again. reading the Veritas doesn't stop them from doing the simulation of their taking over the world plan. No, it just means they have to do it all over again. No, it doesn't. Because if he figures out it's a simulation, what can he do? God, jack shit. He's like, oh, we're in a simulation. Yeah, but it dis- I've got to find out why we're in a simulation. But do, it disrupts do, do you know, the simulation. But then. it doesn't. 
Because the only reason he knows they're doing something is because they introduce themselves to him. Yeah, I suppose. So it's it's it falls apart the more I think about it. It's like the silence all over again. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then you think back and you go, well, hang on, that only happened because they exposed themselves. Why would they do that? That doesn't make any sense. Some people just like to expose themselves. Basically, all that happened in this episode was we as viewers at the beginning were told, Mrs. in the vault, and we all went, oh. And then River Song off-screen heavily played a part in the morality of that scene, and I went, for God's sake, just let her go. You've had She's exited the show three times, and now she's dead as far as the character's concerned. She will exit four times. Oh, God. So all that was happening... <clears throat> so then you don't get a payoff at the end because basically the payoff at the end of the episode was oh you're not seeing you saw at the beginning that was actually the end of the story and the doctor's got an email bullshit I just... there was stuff in there I enjoyed <clears throat> I really liked the scene when uh, Nardole figured out they were projections that yeah. was nice and creepy I really like Nardole generally in this show. <clears throat> yeah. he seems a little bitter mm. and a bit more salty Which is and weird. less sort of <clears throat> Moffat can't settle on a personality for him. Think no, about no. episode one. Yeah, yeah. They've been there for a number of years. Yeah, looking after this vault at the university. They've been there for years because like, Bill says, like, you've been here for years, haven't you? Stuff, yeah? In the first episode yeah. about the Doctor. And yet, there's a comedy bit where they're going to the vault and Nardole goes the wrong way and then comedically runs back the other way. It's like, but now in this episode, Moffat's writing him like the other writers have been writing him. Yeah. What's going on? Pick one. Pick a thing. This one. This one's the better one. This was the first waste of Bill. Paul Mackey was pretty much wasted in this episode. Like the, the the fun of the last few weeks has been watching them interact and and play off each yeah, other. Yeah, there wasn't really enough of that. <clears throat> like barely any at all. And the Doctor's trying to distance himself from it. But again, I'm like, why? Yeah, why is he blind? Why? Why? That still doesn't make any. That still doesn't. There's because still no reason want, why he needs well, to be blind. Everyone's like because. It's to get into the bit where he sacrifices his vision, like so he can see the book and help solve the, solve the problem. He's sacrificing his life to help try and solve this mystery, so more people don't have to die. But he Except he doesn't, because it was a simulation. It was a waste of time. The whole thing is a waste of time. I just, the more I think about it, the more I hate it. And I just uh, think of the Pope stuff. Why? Because it's quirky, right? And why would he bring a load of cardinals and the Pope into Bill's bedroom? He wouldn't. What's going on? Oh, why? Why? <sighs> recommendation from Pope Benedict like the second or whatever for the doctor. So how do they know that he's still alive? And how do they know where he is? Do you know what I mean? The like, Catholics, that make... Christopher. <clears throat> but also, oh, there was a female Pope. Yes, there was. Implication that he had some interesting sexual times with well, her at least twice. It? Yeah, but it's such a Moffat bloody thing to do. Be like, oh, yes, I know there was a female Pope because I know there's a female Pope. If you know what I'm saying, Bill... I, I knew her. You're, you're nudging Marshall. In the sorry, biblical, sorry. in the biblical sense. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just like why that is totally Do you not think that's a great gag though? That he knew the Pope in a biblical sense. If it said that, I would appreciate it more because it's a dad joke with a production budget. But instead, it was just because oh, women they're good for shagging, right? Right, guys. That was basically I don't know. It's just very Moffat. Like, oh, Clara's met um, Jane Austen. Oh, and she she got off with her. Why did you tell us that? Why do we need to know that? We don't. Why? What? What? It? Ah! Yeah. It just it annoyed me. It annoyed I'm the crap out of me. I'm gonna. Cheat. Why are the Catholics not questioning? Like you're still alive several hundred years later. Because Why they're fucking Catholics. But doesn't doesn't he disprove most of their like belief? They're fucking Catholics. Oh God. 
literally. I apologise if any of you are Catholic, and if I insulted you. I said it on Twitter, the Super Mario line, bless Peter, he tried, but there was no way to make that god-awful dialogue work. There was no way to make it work. I pissed myself laughing watching that moment. And now knowing that Wreck-It Ralph was on a couple of hours earlier, I feel sorry for every young kid that stayed watching BBC One that night. They would have made it through all the whole episode, it's too boring. Um, they would watch Pointless and then done what most of the country is doing. And switched off. Hey! Britain's Got Talent got like 9 million viewers that night. Britain's Got I mean, Talent's always had good numbers. I know Doctor Who's like not on top of the world like it was in the tenant years. It's always had good numbers. Why? Britain's Got Talent? Yeah. Because people love that <clears> shit. It's not even in the early audition stages anymore where you're sort of laughing at the variety and the nutters. Chris, people like shit. Oh, God. We've had a Tory government two elections in a row. I think it's. I think there's there's plenty yeah. of evidence out there to uh, fucking voted to leave the EU. There's plenty of evidence out there. That the British fucking public don't know what's good for them. Speaking of which, who's up next? If you gave <laughs> if you gave this country a figurative gun, then it would figuratively shoot itself in the figurative foot as soon as it got hold of it. So don't turn around there, like you don't know, and ask me why 9 million people watch Britain's Got Fucking Talent every Saturday, because you know why. I deny this reality. And substitute This reality own. is a computation matrix. Um, Tom Monty. Stop the earth, I'm Super Mario and I want to get off. Tom Monty. Oh, not Tom Monty. Not world-famous, world-renowned poet, scholar, teacher, lover, juggler, and 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 and, and taxidermist Tom Hello, Monty. Hello, Chris and Matt. <laughs> my apologies for the lack of an email last week. That's all right, Tom. It, it gave my nerves a chance to recover. Who was a weird one this week? But I did get a lot of enjoyment out of it, despite it being all a dream. A few nitpicks. Very dull predictable vault reveal. But if it was going to be a Missy all along, I'm glad <laughs> they've not stretched that subplot out all series. It's just a shame it didn't live up to the brilliant teasers in the second, third, uh, and fourth episodes. Also... Oh, God, Tom, no. Why the hell would the fuck would the Veritas exist in a simulation crafted by the monks? That's like Nintendo giving Mario the option to find out he doesn't exist and therefore sort of devalues the entire plot of the episode. But I'm not complaining because I still had fun with it. <laughs> Could you provide your theories as to how John Sims the Master will be returned into Doctor Who? Do you think he will still hear the drums? <laughs> Have you heard about Michelle Gomez's departure? <laughs> Do you think we'll be seeing Missy regenerate soon? Potentially three masters in one series. <laughs> Do you think her successor will be a male or female? I can't see her going back to male now without everyone getting really pissed off. <laughs> Have you watched Breaking Bad? <laughs> Thoughts on it? I'm currently on a binge rewatch after three years of not watching it again, and I've forgotten how stunningly amazing it is. <laughs> on the topic of rewatching, 
How often do you re-watch Doctor Who, or re-watch shows in general, for that matter? <laughs> what was your most recent re-watch? Have a stunningly amazing week. Lots of love, Tom Monty. Breaking Bad's pretty good, isn't it? So we'll get into those questions, shall we? <laughs> John Sims, the master's coming back to Doctor Who. How is that happening? Uh, don't know, don't care. Um, <laughs> I just want to watch him play that role and, and look in his eyes and see if I can spot whether or not he's happy to play along or is like, I'm just doing this for the cash. We will probably see some sort of flashback or maybe he, to pre-miss it or maybe like have him come out of his own personal time stream and <clears throat> like the same way the multi-doctor episodes work there'll be some time travel business and yeah. the John I mean it's cool that we're finally getting a multi-master thing yeah. on television if that if they're in the same scenes though, if yeah. that is a thing um, um, I'll he, say this he won't still hear the drums I've seen a couple of people online propose the theory that it'll be a very timey-wimey thing where basically Missy will kill the master to ensure his regeneration into her Oh, I can see that. That is a very Moffat-like thing to do, and I mean that in a potentially good way. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but we'll see, I, I guess. Um, uh, Michelle Gomez's departure and regeneration. <clears throat> I'm fine with that. I read about that last week. She basically said um, that she thinks that she's she's very much Peter's master. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, she just thinks that now's the right time. However, she wouldn't be against being coaxed back if the story was good enough. Like, if they, if they were like, oh, we want you in a story... Yeah. And she's like, oh, go on, what's it about? Oh, good, yeah, and I'll take part. And she feels like it'd work. Yeah. But she, as far as like being a recurring cast member, she says she's going to bow out this series. I don't think we'll I see... I kind of figured that anyway, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think we'll see her regenerate <laughs> because I think they'll want to leave their options open as to who they cast next. Because with the Master, you kind of have to match them to the Doctor. Yeah. And I think they've done that really well, actually, yeah. so far. I think Michelle Gomez is a real good match for Peter Capaldi in the same way that John Sim is a really good match for David Tennant. Um, like so, like yeah. um, Del- Delgado um, with Pertwee was a freaking, it was a beautiful thing to watch. And Anthony Ainley with everyone. A- well, but that was the thing, like, Anthony, everyone, Anthony Ainley was nice because the way they used him was he appeared, like, pretty much once, sometimes twice per Doctor. Yeah. So it, it was a bit of an event. It was like, oh, the Master's in this one. And, really then, and they, made it, they made it hard to know he was going to be involved because all of his filming, for most of it, was studio filming. Yeah. Um, although they weren't like set reporters back in the day. No, but like no. they, people weren't spotting him out and about. There weren't Twitter reporters. And he would always, his character would always be listed. His character and his name would always be in the Radio Times credits. Um, anagrams. The, I'm trying to remember uh, where, yes. you, where you, yeah. you rearrange the letters to make something oh, else. Yeah, uh, they they did they did do that. of his name, so that's quite nice. Because they did that with the master in a couple of obviously in a couple of the stories, he goes into different names, and a lot of the yeah. time they're they're anagrams of the master. No, or... they're, not, they're synonyms for the master. <clears> the, <throat> mag- the magister. Yeah, Mister Magister. Oh, that's from the de- the demons. Yeah, Mister Magister. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's not a weird name you know, at you, all. Who else is from the demons? What? Canon Small. Can I know? Yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. <laughs> Um, so, I know, I know. Uh, Chat with email five rounds rapid. Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad is great. It's great. It's one of the best. It's one of the best TV shows of the last twenty years. <laughs> um, I haven't rewatched really it since it went out, but it shits on Doctor Who. Yeah, does it? Does <laughs> it? Um, 
It just takes a dump on it. No, it's great. I haven't rewatched it and I have no plans. I to. am the one who shits, says would... Walter White as he squats over. I would like to get in on Better Call Saul. I yeah. don't rewatch stuff as anywhere near as much as I'd like to, just because I don't have time. I used to look um, at my teens, but I think that's because I, I, ha- we have more time. Yeah, we you had more time. You knew what you loved, and you go, "Oh, I'll watch that again." I'll put that film on again. Yeah. And... Now I also we all have more choice now than we did back then. Yeah, I'm glad, um, yeah. So, uh, recently in this house, ha- in this house, we didn't masturbate. <laughs> we had a rewatch of League of Gentlemen. Um, my like 80th time, Lucy's yeah. first. Uh, so that was nice, and we had a Red Dwarf sort of rewatch. Uh, toward the end of last year, we finished at Series Eight. Then I went away to do Panto. Yeah, we came. When I came back, we resumed with Back to Earth, and which I thought was quite. It was it was an appropriate way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. Because um, again, it was Lou's first time watching it all in full. Yeah. So she got to feel that whole. Oh, I really like this show, and I'm missing it now. I'm oh, it's it. back. Oh, it's not as good. <laughs> oh, uh, but it's nice to be with these characters. And you got again. to feel it several times, just like we did. <laughs> uh, Although the last series was pretty good. Alright. Um, right. On rewatch, I enjoyed it a lot more because there was more more to love in it. I knew I knew when to expect the duds, like the weirdly short endings yeah, and things yeah, like that. That was very strange. Um, uh, yeah, I don't tend to rewatch whole series. Mm. I just tend to dip in and out of stuff that I'm familiar with. Like I'll watch an odd X Files episode here or yeah. there because I know that series backwards. Yeah. I don't, but I don't have any plans to like rewatch the entire series. Or do I? Stay tuned to find out. Um, final email. Final email from from Luke. Hey ya! It's me, the Ginger Luke. <laughs> we have. I'm glad That's you amazing. Me. We now know exactly which Luke you are. Yeah, that out of all one, of the Luke, the one Ginger Luke. <laughs> Back once He's again. He's like a chase figure. Hey, it's that one Luke. It's <laughs> um, like a red magic cup. Back once again with more things for the Big Dab cast. Last week I asked you guys for questions from Matt Lucas, so I've given you the YouTube link and time code, and I hope... I think I've seen this video. That you could listen is to the, is, and react to it on the show. Is this the one, and if it is, let me know and I'll put it in the I'll put it in the comments of this video. Is this the one that ends with him revealing there was someone else there during his answering the whole time? Should we so find I've seen out? This. Give it a click. We won't watch the whole thing, but I, I well, will we'll link he, it in the comments. If this is, saying, we've got we've got like five minutes. I believe I believe it was recorded um, before we gave our answers because I'm sure I watched this as I was rendering last week's episode. Yes. So uh, if this is what I think it is, I'll let you know, and we'll, we'll either way we'll post the link in the comments. But if this is, there's a there's a nice little uh, nice little surprise he wants us, he wants towards us to the end. Twenty one thirty six is where it's. Hang on. Is this the one? Oh no, this isn't the one. Ah, no, it's a different one. In that case, yeah, we'll definitely share this one. Oh. Someone else. I can't remember who. Um. Uh, Christopher Johnson. Hey. Oh, here we go. Your decision for Nardole's personality to change rapidly between Husbands of River Song and the series. Oh. written purely comedically and it's a Christmas special. Um, when the character came back, he we we actually he came back for episode one um, uh, of the current series and uh, and then 
they decided to put him in episode two and three, and I was just going to come back for the end as well. But then, and they later on added me to episode four, so I've ended up putting bits oh, out of order. But keep to the point, Lucas. Come on. I was not going to be in the return of Doctor Mysterio, it's not, and not it was while we were filming. Uh, I think episodes three and four <laughs> that uh, Stephen Moffat decided to put me in the return of Dr. Mysterio and the way the series worked this year is that we recorded the first four episodes then spent a month doing Dr. Mysterio and then started again with episode five and so by the time I came to shoot the return of Dr. Mysterio I'd already shot scenes for episodes one and two and maybe three maybe Maybe, the, but yeah, the first scene at the beginning of episode three, and I wasn't going to be in episode four at all at that point. They, we shot that scene only about a month ago uh, for episode four. But um, uh, and so I'd already come back and Get played Nardole <laughs> for a few months by that stage, and we already had a sense of of things being a bit calmer, a bit less frenetic, a bit less pantomime by then anyway, because. So, so I was approaching it really again from episode one, um, the pilot, mm. which it wasn't called the pilot then. It was, was it a star a, in her eye? Yes, a star in her eye. Yeah, and I was approaching it differently from a star in her eye, really, um, just because I thought, well, if you're going to see this character again, he can't be as crazed mm-hmm. because it's not a Christmas special. The Christmas specials are, are a bit wilder, aren't they? Yeah, they're me- a bit more. They're, they're, they're for a younger audience, they're for a bigger audience, in a way. They're for the whole family sat around on Christmas Day, you know, and you've got to keep them awake because everyone's falling asleep after the turkey. <laughs> Whereas an average episode of Doctor Who is a little more, I think, a little more uh, focused. But that's nothing against Douglas McKinnon, who is one of the best directors I've ever worked with, I think. Like I say, me and my sister found it very entertaining noticing you in the background shots just fiddling with a toy elephant. <laughs> well, I'd put bits in. I would put little bits in. Little bits here and there. I put in odd lines here and there. Some of them are bluish. You know, little lines I stick in. Cuddle. Uh, joining in the cuddles. It's just something I decided to do. <laughs> um, Chris, Christopher Johnson from Big Damn Cast also asked, if he pays you £100, will you come to his next birthday party as George Dawes? <laughs> um, uh, he can pay me £100 if he wants, but I'm probably not coming as George Dawes. Because <laughs> um, uh, I feel so... so um, I get quite self-conscious putting that rubber suit on. Um, but it's lovely to be invited. How old is he going to be at his next birthday? He has to be a certain age to know who George Dawes was. Um, I might. I had to Google something. it, to be honest. <laughs> oh, I had to Google it, to be honest. You had to Google it, exactly. I think the thing is that um, when I used to film this show, Shooting Stars, I would be walking around the BBC dressed as a baby. And people, you know, when I when I was walking down the corridor, people would just kind of kind of make jokes at my expense, and um, so I don't think I could deal with going to a party dressed as as, as George Dawes. Also, I'd have to take the whole rubber suit off to go to the toilet, and it's it's just too much of a kerfuffle. So no. <laughs> right there. That's amazing. That's really tickled you, hasn't it? That's really good work, Luke. Thank you for that. Nicely done. Um, Thank you very much. Oh, that's really um, cool. He says, he <laughs> says, since I have submitted a link, I have restricted myself to two questions and my answers. 
Who is your most recent celebrity crush? <laughs> this uh, is Alison Brie. Oh! That's, um... Who's Alison Brie? Not Brie Larson. Ah, so I was thinking of for a second. I was like, oh, I was, Marvel. It's Brie, it should be Brie Larson. Are you sure it's Alison Brie? Sure it's not Bucky Larson. <laughs> Could be Alison Brie. Um, I don't know. I'm sort of, at the age of 26, I'm not really having celebrity crushes anymore. Yes. Although, um... But there are lots of I'd... very, very attractive women now uh, on the uh, on the old thingamabob. Sod the women. That's Alison <laughs> Brie. She's in community. Oh, right. I think I, think yeah. I recognise her. No, so, so, yeah, she's in Love Stuff. Sod the women. I realised during watching Winter Soldier a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, Chris Evans is alright, actually, isn't he? He is, he is perfect. <laughs> he is bloody perfect. He is perfect. Um, oh, God. I don't know. Uh, I, I do actually have a bit of a soft spot for Karen Gillan, but that's because she was bloody lovely when we met her. Um, she's mad as a box of frogs, but don't tell her because she already knows and she might vomit. Um, have either of you seen any films in the National Lampoon's Vacation Saga? It is my favourite movie saga. <laughs> saga. Oh That's God. a strong word for National Lampoon's <laughs> Vacation. Um, I've, I've seen, seen I've Christmas seen, Vacation. I've seen Vacation. I don't think I've seen and any I of the others. I think I've seen Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation is where he has that ridiculous speech at, at where he just roasts everyone at the Christmas dinner. Is there a bit where he kicks the crap out of a Santa ornament on the front lawn? Quite. Yes. Yeah, I think I've seen that one. I I I remember. I I, I don't remember enough about it, and I will need to watch it again. But I I do I do really like Vacation, National Lampoon's Vacation. Yeah. Um, Wally World is so disturbingly close to certain experiences I've had at parks. But I've just got to say, not not the arriving to find it closed part, but just like the marketing and the style. National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon is where it's at. I've not seen that. Isn't pretty funny. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, thanks once again for wasting your time with this email. Someday you'll learn. Goodbye. <laughs> See you all. Cheerio to ta Alonzi. Hang on. Goodbye. See you all. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Alonzi. Alonzi means let's go. You're saying goodbye to us and then asking you to come with us. All right. I'm so confused. Let's go with that email. We can do that um, now because, after all, we are psychically linked to it. P.S. This is a simulation. Why the heck was Missy in the vault? They announced her return months ago. Moffat is better than that. No, he isn't. Rest of the episode <laughs> was good, though. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm going to go and try and doubly convince Matt Lucas to come as Georgie Dawes to my next birthday. Oh, you upset him a little there. I don't think he likes uh, being reminded of Georgie Dawes. Georgie Dawes is great. Yeah. I think he said he feels self-conscious in the romper. He didn't have to wear the romper. Georgie, do- Georgie, Georgie, does. Georgie does dresses up sometimes. Yeah, he does that. He dresses up sometimes. He does. If he feels self-conscious, he can he can have the drum kit, and then he can sit behind the drum kit. Well, so he's, take he's, the he's, drum kit everywhere with him. He doesn't have to worry about how like tight the ones he is and everything, because there'll be a drum kit in the way. <laughs> Alright, he doesn't have to dress as Georgie does, but I want him to at least score my day. <laughs> score your day? Play some drums and score oh, the like, day. So it's like Birdman. Yeah, the whole day is like Birdman. <clears throat> I'd love that. It's just jazz oh no, I, I meant I meant because he's the one with the scores. It's Georgie Dawes, but oh, but you right, you, right, you right. meant you meant like, you like literally soundtrack my day. Fair yeah, enough. I'm a musician. That's how I think. I'll take that. I'll that take is that. How I think. I'll take that. Like take that. Don't take that. Like take that.
<laughs> Don't take that, like, take that. If you want to catch us throughout the week, you all know what to do. BigDamnContact at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at BigDamnCast. Big Damn Channels on YouTube. We've got Big Damn Loves coming out every week. We've got game playthroughs. We've got this, that, and all the other bollocks that you might want to get into your eyes. Remember, you can join our Injustice Guild, our Injustice Guild by Jingo, if you want to fight alongside us and get some unique gear stuff on the PlayStation 4. Our Injustice Guild is 2MHK0, 2MHK0, and the antidote to the poison we gave you at the start of this episode is in a vial sellotape to the bottom of your chair. So, uh, yeah, there you go, you're free. Oh, what's that you got there, Matt? It's it's our big bumper book of 10,000 PlayStation 2 cheats. Oh, for God's sake. Um, Well, you know, you were talking about Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance when we were playing Marvel Heroes Omega. Yeah. So I thought I'd look up some codes for those of you who are stuck on Dark Alliance, that, I mean, that hot new dungeon crawler. It's a game from like 2002. Um, I don't think so anyone's... here we go. Oh, Strap yourselves in. Oh. Here come those hot Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance cheats. You have to wear those small pants while you do this. Secret moves! I think, I think he's greased his legs. Are these small pants? Or are they small shorts? Uh, secret moves. Oh God. Completing the game will open up a new game mode. I think he heard me. The Gauntlet. Oh. In this, you must kill everything inside the dungeon and escape yeah, within that's... the 15 minute time limit. Yeah. Playing as Drizzdoward and completing this mini game will open up the extreme <clears throat> difficulty setting. I mean, I played Once this... this is complete, you can use the game you saved at the end of the Gauntlet to play as Drizzdoward and I'm... outside of the Gauntlet. I mean, I played this game a few the times. Mode. During play. When I was Hold... a little teenager. What does that say? Hold L1 and R1 and left and triangle, oh, then press start. It, this unlocks a cheat menu with invincibility. I've played at my cousin's house. It's been a very long During time play, since. Hold L1 and R1 and R3 I, I don't even, I, I wouldn't even know how to find triangle. a copy anymore. Your character will be at level 20 and have access to all feats, extra spells, and 75,000 gold pieces. I wish this you know, was a simulation. Subsequently advance to a higher level or gain more feats. Play as Drizzt. Someone pass me a Veritas. And, and, and hold L1 and L2 and R1 and R2. Uh...